This is The Point, professional investing in Australia with Pendle. Welcome to The Point podcast from Pendle. The first four months of 2022 certainly qualify as interesting for financial markets, a war in Europe, rising inflation and interest rates, another COVID outbreak in China. It's all happened in the past few months. More recently, the US dollar has appreciated and some currencies, notably the Japanese yen, has tumbled. To talk us through what it means for portfolios, I welcome back Nudjam Richel, Senior Fund Manager at Pendle. Nudjam, welcome back to The Point. Thank you for having me again. Let's start with the yen, because that really has moved in recent weeks. How much has it fallen? Well, the data on my Bloomberg terminal only goes back to 1971, so it's been one of the fastest moves in 50 years, but that's because I can't tell you from going further back. Okay, and that's a depreciation against the US dollar. Yeah, that's weakness that we've seen in a very short space of time. At one point, it was falling almost every day. Wow. Okay, so why? Well, if you take the proverbial quote-unquote Japanese investor, Mrs. Watanabe, when the US 10-year yield starts to move north, so upwards, that yield pickup is quite attractive. And so what you'll tend to see is Japanese investors will sell the yen and will then buy the US 10-year bond, for instance. So that causes the yen weakness, and it gives them the yield pickup. But the other interesting thing to note is they're getting yield pickup. Their selling of the yen means that it's kind of a double whammy for them. Mm. So as the yield continues to rise, they get the yield pickup, they're selling yen, yen continues to weaken. So in yen terms, not only are they getting the yield pickup, they're also getting the FX appreciation dollar versus yen. So to Japanese investors, it looks like a no-brainer until it isn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it shows the power of the household investor in Japan. Yes, I mean, I know it's a bit of a glib generalization. Um, a lot of it will be institutional portfolio flows, but that's the way I think most journalists like to think about it. caricature. Yeah. So what's it mean for global investors, this shift in currency? One of the challenges is that sometimes when market companies are looking at these moves, they may be looking at it, the, the causality the wrong way around. So there's a belief out there that, oh, it's the weak yen that's causing the, the US tenure to blow out. And if the yen keeps weakening, the US tenure will keep blowing out. But that's difficult to rationalize. You know, the, the, the earlier explanations, it seems to make more sense. The other thing to note is from a portfolio-specific perspective, especially if you're running global funds, yen is then at this point in time considered as a funding currency. This is what many of the hedge funds, the vast many people will be doing. They'll be borrowing in yen because they think, oh, this is just going to be going down. BOJ is sticking to its guns with the yield of control. So they're not really intervening to try and strengthen the yen at this point, apart from some verbal intervention the other day, which didn't really make much difference. And so you get this idea that if you're a global portfolio manager, well, this intuitively should be good for Japanese exporters. Yep. because they own non-Japanese yen currency and some of their cost base is, is based in yen. If you're a hedge fund that wants a source of financing that is a little bit, I mean, not that global rates have really crept up so much at this point in time, so the differential is less important mm-hmm. today. But historically, we can talk about my co-manager, Chris, who used to have a yen mortgage. It's that kind of mindset that, you know, when the BOJ has its line in the stand, which is, which is kind of happy with, the yen is depreciating, you're getting yield uplift in other so, so the hedge fund type players they start to mimic what Mrs. Watanabe is doing. Yeah. So let's just borrow some yen and we'll put it into other assets and we'll get the yield uptake or we'll get we'll get some beta over here, but financed by this this depreciating yen. So how does it play out eventually? I mean, you, you said that it, uh, it's a good investment until it's not. 
how, how does it tend to end? So part of our process is that trends go on longer than most people expect. And I, so I'm not going to call a top because yeah. it, it's too dangerous to stand in front of a steamroller. And it's one of those things that I think ex post, we, we will see some something happen. But at this stage, we wouldn't be keen to, to step in and say, well, actually, this has gone too far. We, we, we need to... Uh, get involved on the other side. From a portfolio perspective, I mean, it, our views are much more you know, medium to long term and it wouldn't make too much difference. And we have a couple of Japanese exporters and we're not suddenly going to sell them because we think, oh, this yen move means that so much more could be priced in because it, it, it will take a lot longer, of course. Now, and I think that the one macro variable that may put a pause to this is if the 10-year in the US stops going up for some reason, the yield, it could be that inflation's peaked, it could be that Fed has broken something and so the 10-year starts to come off, yield, I mean. That may put a pause to this move. Okay. Because then the, the most recent portfolio flows, let's say, out of yen into US govies would have just actually had some capital depreciation. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose sort of wrapping this up, in terms of active investing, these flows which affect exchange rates, and particularly right now we're talking about the yen and the US dollar, they're just considerations that all investors have to think about. It's, you know, via hedging or non-hedging, but just the fact that the direction of the exchange rate appreciation slash depreciation can change pretty quickly. And I think this goes back to our process. You know, we take currency seriously in our beta view of the market. And we think you cannot afford to be oblivious to, so we usually give a classic example of an emerging market stock. It may be, just for argument's sake, let's say it's the best thing since sliced bread. And, but it, let's, and I'll just make this up, and it happens to be listed in a specific emerging market. But the alpha of that company is hostage to the beta of the actual country that it's listed in. Yeah. And, the, and currency is one of the mechanisms you will be helped or hurt and this is a great example right now, which we're talking about. Najim, thank you for talking to The Point. Thank you. That was Najim Richel, Senior Fund Manager at Pendle. You've been listening to The Point podcast from Pendle. I'm Sean Aylmer. 